previously on Roll Gay Roleplay. So I'll take care of the king and his sons and get this flower out of the castle while you four handle the dragon and that damn bride. Sounds like a plan. The four of you enter the cave. There's still that foul-smelling water and the overgrown plants throughout the cave's entrance. You are beginning to approach a wide-awake dragon. Chip holds out their whisk hand for freezing sphere! And a frigid globe of cold energy streaks from my fingertips to the point of my choice within 300 feet and explodes in a 60-foot radius sphere. We've gotten their attention. It is time for us to lead it out of its lair. And I turn around and book it out. (laughs) Chip confidently says, there's an exit up ahead. Oh no. And points to a large hole in the wall. Suddenly, the large dragon swoops down and lands on the ledge of the opening. Sitting on the dragon's neck is a familiar face. I'm glad you figured out where to find me. Now it's time to die. It is, of course, Veranda Pasterly. I don't think that's the way to get out there, Chip. Who said I was trying to get out? And he holds his hammer. Oh my fucking god. Welcome to Roll Gay Roleplay, a real gay, real play D&D podcast. I'm Chris the DM, and I'm ready for a big, bad battle. Ooh. Hi, my name... It's Tisha, right? Your no. name is not Tisha. It's, it's, not you. Tisha. it's never this Tisha. Your name is always Katie. Yeah. My name is Katie, yes. Hi, my name is Katie, and apparently uh, I don't have any long-term memory access anymore. Bless you. <laughs> My name's Brandon. I play Chip Evan After, and just like last intro, I have a list full of my activities because I'm pretty sure we're fighting this time, maybe for real. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. My name is Tisha, and I forgot to grab my character sheet, so I will be right back. Okay. Okay. It's okay. I'm gonna rip it up by the end of this. <laughs> we're gonna do really good this fight. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chad Michael Murray, and I forgot Chad. what show I played on. So. Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Weren't you in... The Hills? Final no. Destination? He was in was one I? of them. Oh, Shucky Dougie. Well, yeah, I'm Chad Michael Murray, and I was in Final Destination. Look over there. I have no idea who this is. What? I don't think Where? that's what he says. Uh, speaking him. of look over there, I've decided to change the question. So y'all ready for this? Uh, <laughs> yes. You're, you're ready for this ringer? Yes. Um, yes. What was the broke meal your parents cooked for you? Oh, that's like you good. knew that they you knew y'all was like, damn, they about to cook this because we run low on cash. Freezer soup. Freezer soup. We have a couple really big freezers in the basement, um, and like every quarter. My parents would just go, like, freezer diving, you know what I mean? And it's just a stew of, like, Chinese dumplings and peas. When I still ate meat chicken from, like, that you froze, like, a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just random crap, and you just put it in a pot. And it was usually pretty good. Usually. What do you mean? Like, like, 
sometimes oh just some oh just sometimes certain things wouldn't go well together no matter how many seasonings and flavor you know what i mean like yeah. there are certain uh, things you're like wow that doesn't work i wouldn't think that would work but you seasoned it up right and it all cooked together and it tastes amazing uh, so, so, sometimes as a kid i was like i'm not eating that <laughs> damn i reject like orihime yeah um so mine's my parents knew that none of us liked peanut butter. We none of us like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in my family, and none of us like uh, cereal. Like I did not eat cereal as a kid, so we all did like whenever my parents either didn't feel like cooking or like money was a little low, we would either do like there were six of us, so like ten, twelve packs of ramen, and ramen you know was like super fucking cheap, and then like three packs of like those like hot dogs and just like that would be our dinner for the night Mm. super healthy super high in sodium super how have we not had heart issues hot dogs is mine too though like it was hot dogs or if it was a real bad week then we did uh peanut butter on saltine crackers and microwave popcorn and my mom did a great job of making it like a thing we do so it was fun i mean that genuinely i sound like i'm i'm dissing it but no i never like, I mean, saw it as yeah. anything but we're having the fun dinner tonight mm-hmm. but looking back that was broke as shit hello because like my favorite food was like hot dogs and ramen and i never thought of it right. as a broke meal but now that i'm like older i'm like and like i've been broke <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. like some butter on crackers sounds great right <laughs> love it Back when I ate cheese, it was cheese on crackers. And then you microwave it, and then the cheese gets all, like, crunchy, and you're like, oh, gourmet cooking. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, like, mine. I was probably going to say something along the lines of, like, either one of those fucking $1 frozen-ass pizza things. So, you know, like, those mm. little tiny. I don't, are they tortino, totinos? What are they? Those little Yeah, to- those are totinos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those little, like, dollar things. Or, uh just tortilla chips with shredded cheese sprinkled on them that would be like oh my god nacho if we had sour cream great if not you probably don't you're fine either way basically you just need the salt you know exactly just a little crunch something warm and crunchy and you're good yes this is a hard this is hard for me because all of my meals as a child were mostly broke meals yeah this could be really triggering for some people yeah um I, one family I lived with, King Vitamin was the broke meal. Like, we would eat dry King Vitamin cereal, which is kind of like a knockoff of an in-between Captain Crunch and vitamins. Like, really nasty-tasting vitamins. Wait, it had vitamins in it? No. But it, it tasted like vitamins. Like, if you bit into a vitamin, that's the taste of King Vitamin. Someone decided to make a cereal that was flavored vitamins? Yeah, it was like a knockoff brand of something. Um, it's a Quaker product, or it was. There's yeah. even a petition to bring it back. Girl, what in the choose your adventure cereal box is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I lived with my mother, her go-to was, so we, were on, we always got the government food, so we would get big, huge jars of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got a big, huge can of stewed tomatoes all the time. So she would take stewed tomatoes and put some bread inside them and cook them in a pot and add sugar. And it was like stewed tomatoes, bread, and sugar. And it was like a slop meal. 
I don't know what she didn't call it anything. It's like a pizza stew. But I mean, it's a thing. I think that other people. Ha- I think other people have had that too. I was gonna say because I would immediately like just toast the toast the bread and then put the stew tomato. No, the is bread is in it. The bread yeah. is torn up. The bread is torn up and thrown inside. Like, okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, I know this is struggle, but I think that your mom was onto something with this. No, I'm not mad at this. I feel like there's a few ingredients missing, but there's something there. As an adult, as an adult, I think it was like a couple years ago. I was like, man, I'm just like having a really hard time. And I really want that like stewed tomato bread thing that my mother made. (laughs) And she told me how to make it. It was just sugar stewed tomatoes and bread was that a was that a moment for you where you're like damn that's it i was like oh you were like expecting a recipe this yeah. has been passed down from generations <laughs> yeah. i guess the stewed tomatoes that you get from uh the government food had uh seasonings in it yeah so she told uh, me like to add some like parsley and stuff that makes sense okay uh and just to correct ourselves real quick chad michael murray was not in Final Destination, that was Devin Sawa that you're thinking of, uh, but very similar oh, okay. times. Chad Michael Murray is One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek, and uh, House of Wax was the horror movie he was in. He was in Freaky Friday. He was in Freaky Friday. I only know that because I Googled it. Also, he hates stewed tomatoes. It says right here on his Twitter. <laughs> ah, cool. House of Wax came out while I was in Mexico, and every time I hear somebody talk about House of Wax, I think of the Mexican narrator over, like, the voiceover for the co- for the trailer of it. And mm-hmm. it was like, no puede respirar. Oh, <laughs> I love it. It was so good. And I'll never yes. forget that trailer. I love it. But, yeah, um, uh, if, you know, if this question wasn't too triggering for, triggering for you, you know, maybe you want to tell us your favorite meal that your parents made for you when times were tough i love a cheap meal so i'll take suggestions craft dinner with hebrew national unless you're branded because um unless you're branded because whenever brandon sent those pictures of that pop tart tuna fish thing i almost <gasps> mm, that was gross it's it was pop i'm sorry that we have different tastes no not you girl not you brandon yeah, <laughs> Speaking so. of tuna, speaking of Pop-Tarts, come on, you guys are the transition people here. Get me there. Speaking of Pop-Tarts, it's about to pop off with Veranda Pasterly and this fucking dragon. Speaking I'm about of, to pop that bitch. I'm going to pop that of, tart. Sorry. Speak, <laughs> no, we tried to interrupted me with my story. Wait, <laughs> keep, oh my hang God. on. <laughs> Do it again. Okay. Speaking of cheap thrills, we have a podcast. We waited for that. <laughs> Was that was no. that not good? It wasn't. I we were was talking right. about cheap meals. And I was like, speaking of cheap thrills, we have a podcast. Come I, on. I, I, I think the Pop-Tart, the, the, the Pop-Tart direction was You better. know what? Fuck off. <laughs> speaking of fucking off. We gotta fuck this dragon. We gotta uh, fuck this dragon. <laughs> yeah, well, so we do kind of remember where we last left off. You all were... Uh, sent over to the king's castle to investigate and you guys went rogue and started exploring uh, all the other places of the castle yeah and then when you were getting your stuff from your lockers you found a couple of things you found a note uh, pinned to a dead man's head 
and you found some piss in Cherry's locker. Oh, and that really riled Cherry up. Pee pee. She should piss on that locker. That's hers. <laughs> Her equivalent. This is mine to piss in. Yeah, when that when when you're walking your dog and someone else has peed on the fire hydrant, and your dog just gets huffy, you're like, oh. That was some good dog huffs. <laughs> you were transported back to the fairy godmother's house where she let you rest and prepare for your big battle. There was a note that was left on the guard. No, it was uh, Squire, Squire um, Macaroni McGee. The note said that, find me with my favorite pet. I promise she'll see you coming this time. You have deduced that that is the dragon since last time it did not see you coming and this time it will. Uh, and the, and I think Edith transported you directly to the cave using her magical item. You all have uh, cast a few things. There is advantage on wisdom saving throws. If one of you is hit, you have advantage on your next attack. Cleo has resistance to acid. And uh, I think everybody has immunity to poisoned and frightened. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, the extra health? How much was it? Um, I think it was a total of plus 13. I know Edith has a total of plus 13. It was eight from something and five from something else. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I think it was it was the meal from uh, uh, Chip. Yeah, a meal from Chip. And then yeah, I think um, I gave Edith everyone did. plus eight and then Edith did something. Yeah, yeah, the motivational speech. The note saying that they're going to see us this time is because we snuck up on it last time and not because... Cleo stabbed it in the eye and then stole the eye. Yeah, it was a double. Funny. It was me trying to really tell you what the next enemy was. And if you listen to the pregoss on our Patreon, you'll hear that I did just have to tell them. No, I take that back. <laughs> I had to tell everybody but Katie, and Katie had to help me convince everybody. I think that's how that went. Is that pregoss out yet? No. Hmm. No, I think we're weeks behind hmm. that. Maybe it won't come out. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You have the editing power. So, uh, you went into the dragon's den. You saw the dragon standing with a mysterious woman. You made an attack and made a run for it. And in the panic of trying to figure out what to do, you created a doorway into a different part of the cave and soon realized that the dragon still had access to you through a big gaping hole in the wall. Humphrey led you right to it. The dragon landed and on the dragon's neck rode Veranda Pasterly. And that is where we will pick up right now. Intense. So the four of you have just had the shock of, well, you have started a fight. So we won't do any more surprise rounds in this. If we start going into fighting, we're going to go straight into initiative. But before we do that, uh, Veranda Pasterly will slowly swing her leg over the dragon's neck. The dragon will lower its wing to create a ramp for Veranda to walk down. And Veranda will slowly start walking. Before I kill you, let me thank you, Cleo. Your research was quite valuable to my takeover of this world. It took years of planning and studying your drawings and notes, but I'm almost queen now. And it seems that you four are the only things standing in my way. That and the fairy godmother, but she'll be taken care of soon. Veranda, Pastelli, were you in charge of putting this dragon here in its cave? 
we've developed a bond since I've learned to travel between worlds. Veranda Pastelli, what are you doing with the missing pe- the people that have gone missing in this world? I suppose you knowing everything won't hurt since your last breath will be in this cave. I have been sending people between worlds to cause utter chaos that only I can fix. I have already worked my way up to near queendom in this world, and when I fix our world, I will be railed as a hero. Railed? Railed like a hero. <laughs> Wait, if that's the reward, I don't blame it. Hailed? Right? What world was Hailed. I going yeah. for there? I'd love Hailed. to hear railed. Hailed. Hailed, baby. Hailed. Hailed. <laughs> keeping Hailed it. Then keeping Hailed. it. Heralded? Heralded? Is that what you meant? I'm uh, okay. I may have had a little bit of my own food. That's all. I mean, does the king fuck? <laughs> does the well, king fuck? I do. <laughs> I, and I so feel like we're losing track of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, sorry, uh, Chip. Uh, unfortunately, for this conversation, I'm going to ask you to butt out since you led us straight to the dragon. And I okay. look, at, <laughs> and well, I look rail back, me, I guess. <laughs> I look back at Verena and say, Does the king fuck? This is important. We must consummate these nuptials at some point. Uh, Hey, Cleo, can I ask a question here? Or can I make a comment here real quick? Uh, Please please go ahead, Edith. Hello, Miss uh, Veranda Pastor Lee. Um, I'm not sure if you get the colloquialism of does he fuck, but it doesn't mean does he fornicate. It, It means, like, is he cool? Does he, you know... Does he do things? Like, are we good with him? Oh, the king is completely in my control. Ah, so he does not fuck. Only on my command. That's, that nah, should be your answer. Nah, but it sounds like he is fucked. He is fucked, yeah. He's <laughs> fucked. He's, he doesn't fuck, though. And it just really fucking sucks that Veranda has done this to our, this very world. Veranda, clearly you don't fuck. So I don't understand why you are so um, interested in being both the hero of the fairy world and the fucking hero of our world as well. I will be respected and renowned, not just worldwide, but multiple worlds will know my name, will respect me, will obey me. If I fixed what I've caused... Without them ever knowing, I can blame it on people who are already dead. And no one, no one can stop my reign. Black scurvy. Hey, dragon, you gonna hang out with this lady? She clearly doesn't fuck. But, um, Veranda, a pastel in case you have forgotten, your life is mortal. And when you die... You'll be bringing none of this fame and fortune with you. And you also have no children, so your legacy will be zero after you pass away. So it seems that this fame and fortune that you want is very flitting and will end quickly. So you're causing a lot of people pain for no reason. I would consider myself young enough to carry a legacy. I may not choose to carry a child myself, but I could obtain one. 
Honestly, I kind of feel sorry for her, y'all. What happened in her childhood to bring upon these feelings of inadequacy? Exactly, Edith. It seems that our dear Veranda Pastelli is operating out of anger and issues that she needs to go see a therapist about. Veranda Pastelli, who hurt you? (laughs) No one hurt me. I had to raise myself. We raised ourselves. My sister oh, and I. it's neglect. See, Edith, it's neglect. It's she neglect. was neglected as a child, and now she's lashing out. Uh, Veranda, it's okay. You don't have to act this way. We can help you. But she's an adult now, and she really should be responsible for her own actions. Exactly. At this point, I, I don't and, think, I mean, she's not a good person. doesn't matter exactly what happened to her, but, Did you, you know. kill your sister? I had no choice. See? That's pretty low. That's pretty low. And see, Veranda, we're not judging you. We're just saying that instead of, you know, taking over both worlds, we could get you some help and then, you know, probably send you to the proper services so that you can stop this foolishness. Because, Veranda, it's Veranda. It's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, Veranda. I mean, okay? at this point, it is her fault. Edith! Oh. It's not your fault, Veranda. <laughs> I'm, like, going into the it's not you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I am also like, we should have gotten a BetterHelp subscription for sponsorship. Oh my god. It's not you. It's... No, for BetterHelp. You know what Miranda could use. Uh, how dare you diminish all that I have accomplished? I have been able to transport between worlds on my own, I've been able to infiltrate an entire kingdom while being an expert in our world but veranda i mean this 12 year old girl did the same thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean look at her she's also a werewolf are you a werewolf oh edith i don't think she's capable of being a werewolf no she's just a she's just a human i don't think so either that little girl pissed in my office uh, imagine, it was an accident. Imagine going to take over two worlds and being bested by a 12-year-old. Who bested who? I pissed in her stuff. She pissed on mine. Fair is fair. How did, <laughs> just mechanically speaking, how did you pee into a locket? I leaned into it. I opened her locker and leaned my nether mouth into it. And then another example of Chris not understanding. <laughs> 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 work. Did you like pissed in a cup and then poured that? I don't really. I, <laughs> I assumed another mouth was the whole thing, not just the opening. Yeah. Um, I just. I, no, never heard unfortunately that. for you, Veranda Pastelli, that is not the same. And also, I would like to tell you that the actions of a 12-year-old werewolf is not the same thing as um, a, hurt ch- uh, um, a distinguished woman with the mind of a hurt child. So maybe Veranda Pastelli, <laughs> once again, we can put the facades away. If you would like to talk about someone who needed therapy, talk about that macaroni McGee. As I was urinating in this little girl's locker, he like a normal in, adult, he came into the locker room, found me, and then asked if he could watch. I was just going to leave a note in your locker, but his body seemed to make much more of an impression. 
I can understand that one. Veranda, uh, I, I guess we can get past the part that you are just a cold-blooded murderer that likes to piss on little girls' lockers. lockers. Um, mm. do, do, you, do you see how you're kind of, dear, do you see how you're kind of spiraling? Mm. No. Like, th- these aren't patterns for a person with a, hu- with a healthy mindset, once again. But it is a pattern for success. And then I look at I look at um, Edith and I say, "Do you have that number for better help?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you need if you need healthcare access, no, they're not paying us. Oh, all right, no, sorry. Redacted. Go to Manscaped. Redacted. <laughs> go to Manscaped. Help from them. Twenty percent off pickles. <laughs> if you have trauma, you need to shave off. Manscaped. Uh, Listen, if I had the ability to hold person on you, I would be doing it right now. I think that you need more help than we can give because we are not paid professionals. And you keep talking to us and we keep talking back to you. But there's obviously Mm -hmm. some issues here that can't be solved with just with our words. Before I kill you all, I do want to thank the other two of you I haven't mentioned yet. Humphrey, Edith. I do appreciate you helping me poison everybody. It's, uh, it's Chip now, and you're welcome. Your name is irrelevant to me. Okay, seems a little rude to thank me, then say that. Are you saying because we, we licked uh, brosteries, we poison people? Is it our saliva? Does our saliva hurt people? If I would have known that. I punched a lot of pineapples, and I don't wash my hands. I'm wow. unconcerned. <laughs> about the bacteria you've included, because I've included a very distinct flower in my dessert. So when everybody in Ebony North attends my wedding, they will all eat from the flower, becoming narrow-minded and easily taken over. They will regale me as the best queen they've ever had, and they will know the joys of eating a champagne salad. Um, so, Veranda, I just, just, um, I have spent a lot of time with these, uh, individuals, uh, mm. especially Edith, and she has taught me a lot. Um, one is making sure that we put others before ourselves in certain situations so that as to not cause harm to others, and also learning that catching flies is easier with honey than... Than with champagne Spike. salads. <laughs> or, or that tour. And so I would just like to remind you that it's, you know, um, the king's children are not the brightest. Um, that may be because of the flowers, but I highly doubt it. And it seems that you were able to uh, also convince the king. I honestly think that you could do everything that you're trying to do without manipulation and just talking to... You're bad at social interactions, aren't you, Miranda? I can teach no. you how to talk to people. I've gotten better myself. And I look at Edith and I say, thanks to Edith, I now know how to talk to people. Miranda, you don't have to do all of this manipulation. Just take some classes. I have learned everything I need to from you, from your notes. And... I- those sons are not dumb. Three is a damn genius. It took a lot of extra flowers 
to dumb him down. Are you defending mm. them? No. No, no, no. I'm keeping them. All right, so... Frankly, they were all supposed to go into the trap set, but three, as I said, has a bit better mind than the other two. But he's preoccupied now. I've been able to include my flower in all of his chocolate sauce, and him and his partner are now dazed and confused. I hate you. Mm -hmm. So, Veranda, I once again just have to say... um, Number one, uh, good for putting all this uh, into all this work into this um, world domination that you're going for. Mm. But unfortunately, we have to ask you to stop because it's not necessary. I think that with proper diplomacy, you could easily get to where you are, where you are right now, without murdering people. Uh, Edith looks at Cleo and she says, "Hey, Starshine, I think that." She's at the point of drugging people to get them to follow her. I, I think she's, she's pretty lost. I, we need to stop her. She's, she's not going to stop herself. Um, There's no stopping me. In fact, I'm done talking. I don't feel you need to know anymore. And I'm bored of this and have a wedding in 24 hours or less. Who am I kidding? I have a wedding to show up to. Are you ready to die? Uh, we are not ready to die. Um, we've been trying not to die this whole time, so... Yeah, I, like, just got my own body. I just turned uh. into an adult. Yeah, we'd prefer not to die. And also, why are you, uh, if you've done all this work, why, do you, why are you fighting with a dragon? Like, it just seems kind of, well, I mean, cowardly, but, I mean, that's been your whole zhuzh the entire time we've been here. You can rule with kindness. And it will only get you so far. But fear holds a much stronger hold on people. Okay. This is the most restraint you've shown around Veranda Pastily ever. And I'm surprised that I'm the one to say this. Can we kill her? I agree. Let's fight. Everyone roll initiative. And I'm so sorry. I got a natural 20 on mine. No. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm collecting bodies in this cave today. While you're all rolling initiative, though, I'm going to head over to the gay agenda. Welcome to the gay agenda, the middle part in our show. Of course, we start off with the reminder that we have a Patreon, so if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash rollgayroleplay. We have about 30 bonus episodes on there, as well as over 70 pre-goss minisodes that Brandon puts out, as well as polls that help shape the game and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. And of course, you get a shout-out on the show! This is the penultimate episode of Roll Gay Roleplay Cursed. The next episode will be an aftermath of what happens in this episode. Then we're going to take a break from our cursed storyline, and I'm going to deliver a two-part one-shot that Jonathan, Tisha, Katie, and I did. It was a whole lot of fun. I'm excited to show you that. But in those two weeks, if you have any questions about the cursed season, anything you want to know, anything you want to ask us, we're going to have a tea time episode three weeks from today. 
So if you have questions for the cast or any comments about the entire season, please let me or Jonathan know. We are both putting together some questions for this tea time, and as I said before, there will be a library to start that off. I think I said that there was a different order that they were coming out last time, but we switched some stuff up because we wanted to give all of our listeners a chance to listen to the final episode and shoot us some questions so that we weren't just asking our own questions. So if you have questions about the cursed season or anything to do with Roll Gay Roleplay, please shoot us the questions, let us know, and we will answer it on the next Tea Time. This time in the gay agenda, I'm joined by Tisha. Tisha, please take it away. Support for Roll Gay Roleplay is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Just use the code PICKLES at manscaped.com. Welcome to Alvin's Almost Useful Items. I'm Alvin and all of my items are almost useful. And I'm Tisha, and Manscaped's items are all completely useful. Well, I have a 30-blade razor, most blades on the market. It'll remove all the hair by almost carefully removing the top few layers of your skin. Or you can use Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0 with advanced skin-safe technology to remove the hair while reducing grooming accidents. Yeah, well, I have a mosquito with scissors as legs, and you just shove it up your nose and let the mosquito go to work. Or you can use the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer for all those delicate hairs. Okay, well I have a ball odorant. It makes your balls smell like fish eyes and banana flavoring. That's gross. Balls already can get smelly, which is why Manscaped has a Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and even a Crop Duster Ball Toner for a spritz of freshness. Well, my Alvin's Almost Useful Package comes with brief boxers. They're boxers that when you put them on, they stay up briefly before they fall to the ground. Well, Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 comes with super comfortable boxer briefs that stay in place. Plus, the lawnmower trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the ball deodorant, the ball toner, and a bag to keep it all secure. Well, that sounds far too useful. Yeah, that's the point. Get 20% off in free shipping with the code PICKLES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code PICKLES. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Exactly. And before we get back to the show, I want to thank Manscaped for all of us at RGRP for sponsoring us and just being a part of our show. It's cool to partner with such a huge company. So if you haven't already, use our promo code. Go get yourself some Manscaped. And now that we've gone through the gay agenda, it's time to hear the initiative order, and then I kill you all! I got an 18. I got, uh, Edith got a 6. Okay. Damn. I got a 21. 17. Then we are now officially in combat, and to start things off, our big black dragon. How are the four of you standing? Who's standing next to who? What's going on? I feel like I was standing next to Edith. I think they're standing in front of Cherry and Chip. Yeah, Cherry's at the back. Cherry is at the back. I don't know where Chip would have been. I think Chip was in the lead since I was leading them over there, but might have fallen back while you guys were talking. Then I think we're just going to go straight in for the big one. Our dragon is going to take a big breath in, and in 
and exhale acid in a 90-foot line that is 10 feet wide. If you are behind each other, I think that's all four of you. So, mm, great. I need great, you all great, to great. make dexterity saving throws. I'ma collect uh. some bodies today. <laughs> Edith got 15. I don't have enough d8s for this. I got a 14. Oh, I can use a luck point. I'm gonna use a luck point. Advantage on dexterity saving throws against effects that you can see while not blind and deaf or incapacitated. Okay. So I'm rolling with advantage. 21. And I got a 22. Oh my gosh. And I think I'm also immune to acid damage. Uh, we have poison and frightened is everyone's immune to. Okay, mm-hmm. what did... No, uh, uh, Edith gave acid to Cleo. Yes. And also oh, you're right. Chip. Chip, I'm assuming Chip is wearing Humphrey's armor. Yes, which was uh, resistance to acid. So resistance. And I rolled a 19 on my reroll of the save. Okay. Uh, then Cleo, you're the only one that saved with a 22. 19 didn't save? No, DC 22 for this. Oh my god. We're going to die. But you have resistance, and Cleo has resistance. So both of you will take half of the numbers that I give you. But Cherry and Edith are going to take a full 15 D8. Two, four, six, seven. Okay, I only have seven D8, so I'm going to roll them twice and then one extra. Oh my, what? Five, ten, twenty-two, that, that, twenty-four. That includes me. Y'all, we right. fucked up. Yes, you did. Plus fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, twenty-one, twenty-seven. We really should have done more side quests. <laughs> so. <laughs> we should have gotten more fights. Edith and Cherry will take 55 damage. Jesus Christ. Humphrey, with your resistance, you will take 27. And Cleo, with with succeeding the saving throw plus your resistance, you will take 13. Are we within 60 feet of this dragon? Fuck. Okay, and it was 53? Yes. Uh, Yes, you can be 50. You can be within 60. Sure. Okay, can I take the Hellish Rebuke reaction? Ooh. So I'm going to... Oh, wait. Is that just an audio? No, it's a deck save. Okay, so Dragon needs to make a deck save of 18. Okay. 18. You may... You fucking... You're such... Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually a 27. Oh, my God. Is there a way we can make friends with this thing? I'm gonna kill you. No! Cleo, cut its eye out! So half of 35 damage... 17. Was this poison or acid? Acid. Acid. This is acid, not poison. Fuck. Yeah, that's what I thought when I made the hero feast. Yeah. Cherry is like burned. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should get out of the cave. I, I tried that. Um, I, I tried that. Um, uh, Chip, uh, you, you led us right to the dragon. Yeah, I acted like that wasn't an accident. <laughs> oh, I have to roll a d6 real quick to see if I recharge. If it's any comfort, the dragon's acid breath did not recharge this round. I Great. guess. No, it's Fuck. not. That's, well, last time we a... fought it, it recharged every time, I think. So Yeah. The next episode of Where Are They Now is Where Is Veranda Past Really Now? <laughs> Someone should have, like, fucking sniped her. Wait, is, is Veranda Past Really gone? No, she's no, there. she's just going to kill us. Oh. She's in the fight, too. She rolled initiative, too. Can you tell me the physical length and width of this dragon. I can, actually. 
20 by 20 or larger. So I think it's, yeah, it's at least 20 feet by 20 feet. 20 by 20. Okay. Perfect. Or larger. Yes. Can we? (laughs) (laughs) 20 by 20. That's fine. Thank you. It's a big boy. Uh, but that is the dragon's turn. And next up is someone who just got very, very hurt. Cherry. Yeah, Cherry is really hurt. If I'm invisible, I love being invisible because it means I don't get hit. <laughs> no, because the, the dragon has whatever sight. True sight or yeah. whatever. Fuck. Doesn't even matter. I will say that she, she's terrified. Like, she almost died the last time she was here. Yeah. Can I defer my turn? I want to see what happens. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that if you defer your turn, then you can kind of jump in whenever you're ready. So you tell me when you want to do something. Yeah, yeah you can hold your action. Yeah, I think you can hold your turn until something. Like, if you want to hold it until cherries or until... Uh, eat. Yeah, exactly. Well, next up is actually you then, Brandon. So if Cherry's going to hold her action, then we'll go to Chip. And we're still fully in this cave, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're in a cave. I just, whenever we did this last time. This is the place when you first ran into the dragon. So you know that there's like a small way to crawl back through into the dragon's lair. You also know that there's a way out of the cave, but you're going to be running through a long passageway. That sounded an awful lot like a slip that told us we're not in the dragon's lair. Okay. Are we not in the dragon's lair? No. Oh, thank God. Okay. So Humphrey's gonna, or Chip is gonna hold tight, beef their chest out as they launch their little gumdrop missiles. Okay. I need nat 20. (laughs) Nice. That's a 30 to hit. Yes, that does hit. Are you hitting the dragon or Veranda? Just to be I'm clear. hitting the dragon. Cool. I really probably should have hit Veranda, but I would be aiming for the dragon. Okay. Sure. Why wouldn't you? 18. Well, that was just for one bolt, right? The... What does it say? I'm pretty sure. And you have how many? Three? Yeah, 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 yeah. So 18 times three. Okay. Yeah. And then... um. Chip is gonna say, "We've I, I round two and shoot off another one." He's gonna do an action surge and do it again. Oh, nice! Cherry's cheering for you, feeling a lot less scared. Can you not a lot less scared, but less scared? Twenty-two. That hits. Eight times three is. Eight times three is twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay, Matt's rough, y'all. So twenty-four total. Yes, 24 total for the second shot. Just so you guys know, you have already done more than 100 damage to this dragon. I have already done. (laughs) Arguably very true. Cherry's done. Nothing. Uh, Is there anything else you can do then, Humphrey, or anything else you'd like to do? Chip, sorry. Is there anything else you'd like to do, Chip? Just make sure that This is definitely the time where you want to check everything, because I have read every inch of these pages for these characters. I am so ready to kill you. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Then due to the roll off, Cleo is next up. How far away is Miranda from me? 40 feet. Okay, great. I pull... uh, Ooh! Do I... I still have... I think that I still have uh, Pass Without Trace on. Has it been an hour? No, it has not. Okay. 
I am going to cast Zephyr Strike. And Let's do it. I <laughs> bolted towards Veranda. And okay. I pull out my daggers. Does a dirty 20 hit? It does. Yay. So that's 1d4 plus 3. That's 6 points of damage. An additional 10 points. So that's 16 points of damage to Veranda. And okay. then does a t- another dirty 20 hit? Yes, it does. So that is 5 points of damage. And then I hit for 50 on the second hit with my dagger. For the 50? four science. Four science. 10d10. Oh, I fucking hate that you got that dagger. I love it. I love it. Katie loved Dagger. And then <laughs> No. And then I look at her and I say, Veranda, uh, it doesn't have to end this way. It's not your and as I say that, I'm going to cast dreadful oh, I'm gonna use dreadful strikes. And so my mind scarring magic drawn from the gloomy hollows of the Fey Wild, and I do an extra one D six psychic damage for an extra two points of damage. Nice. Really showed that bitch. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Those were some big hits. Yeah, that is my turn. Then it is Veranda Pasterly's turn. Okay. I expected her to have a turn where she wasn't like real hurt. Are you in melee range? Yes. And you're the only one in melee range, right? I think so. It would make more sense to kill the others. But Veranda, it's, it's a you versus Veranda fight in her head, too. She's going to cast Fireball at level three. What? Right next to me? On top of herself? Because it's a 20-foot radius, so she's going to do it just behind you. So it hits you and not her. And Look. only him? Yeah, I can't reach the rest of you. Oh, that's great. If you're 40 feet away and he ran up 40 feet, it's only a 20-foot radius. So I can hit Cleo and no one else. Um, and I'm casting it at 5th level, not 3rd, 5th. Oh, oh, you're yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> so I need Cleo to make me a dexterity saving throw. A natural 20. <laughs> Very nice. So 27. So I just take 0 damage. Oh, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You actually get to cast Fireball on her. Actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it is 10d6 divided by 2 since you saved. 15, 19, 23, 27, 30. So 16 fire damage, Cleo. Our. Or Man, that was going to be a lot more. Uh, and then just to add some insult to this, she's going to use her bonus action to. Uh, attack you with a magic stone. She gonna throw a rock at me? So Veranda's going to lean over and pick up a rock from the cave and throw it directly at your forehead. That's just rude. It is rude. 22 to hit? Twenty. Oh yeah, that definitely hits. Okay. And then you take uh, 8 more damage. It's Damn. personal. Sharp rock. Yep. Eight, yeah, it's 1d6 plus 3. She threw it real hard. And that is going to end Veranda's turn. Edith, you'll be next, but before you go, can you make me a perception check real quick? 12. Okay, go ahead. Your turn. 
Yes. You dumb bitch. You didn't see anything. Maybe the two's upside down. <laughs> I know. I have a plus 10 to perception, but I rolled a fucking two. Oh, that's a shame. Yes. So you said the dragon is 20 by 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Edith is going to cast Wall of Force. An invisible wall of force springs into, an exi- into existence at a point you choose within range, which is 120 feet. The wall appears in any orientation you choose, as a horizontal or vertical barrier, or at an angle. It can be free-floating or resting on a solid surface. You can form it into a hemispherical dome, which is what Edith is going to choose, with a radius of up to 10 feet. So 20 by 20 is the perfect size. Ooh. Okay. So basically, in any form, the wall is a quarter of an inch thick. It lasts for the duration of 10 minutes with concentration. Nothing can physically pass through the wall. It's immune to all damage and cannot be dispelled by dispel magic. A disintegrate spell destroys the wall instantly. However, the wall also extends into the ethereal plane, blocking ethereal travel through the wall. Keep that dragon on a leash, girl. That dragon is caged. And then I say, focus down, Verander. Yeah, and she she looks at, at Cherry, and Edith is slunched over. She is less than half health points. Does Cherry look worse than her? Uh, Cherry's at uh, 93 out of 143, oh, so oh. yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, this happened last well, time we fought the dragon. Cherry was like, oh, I'm dying. I only have 75 health left. I know. I'm like, <laughs> if I get hit with that same attack again, I'm gone. Like, that's it. And I'm like, oh, no. Poor yeah, Cherry. I haven't gone yet, though. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all that. Well, how does everybody else look? I look fine. Yeah. Chip is okay. fine. So can all you right. heal yourself? Well, no, because oh, I already you can't did cast my action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do have the bonus action for Hymn of Compassion so with my Hymn of Compassion uh, necklace. So I can transfer my HP to somebody else. But if nobody else is looking worse than me, she's not going to do that. I yeah, don't. And Okay, that is Edith's turn. Okay. Uh, Cherry will like to go if that's okay. Yes, you definitely can. I was going to do a legendary action by the dragon, but it's in a Pokeball right now. So... I thought we weren't in the dragon's lair. Lair actions and legendary actions are two different things. Man, fuck you. Damn. Otherwise, you'd be surrounded by flies right now. Wait. Like sexy flies? Mm. <laughs> God damn it. Like fireflies, but they're all fireman hats on. Oh. <laughs> okay. Is it in a ball that I cannot penetrate? You cannot. To hit? No. Okay. But is Veranda in that ball? No. 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 I'm going to go for her. Cherry is feeling very inspired by all of her big adult friends being doing big adult hits. <laughs> and so she's going to rage as her bonus action and ready her placator. Okay. So she gets two attacks. Uh, she's rushing up. She can run really fast. She's like a dash grappler or whatever. Her feet or something. And so she's going to try to hit Veranda. Okay. I can reroll a one. That was a one. That was really bad. Okay, it's a 29 hit. Hell oh, yeah. yes, it does. Okay, so the first one hits. 
Does a 15 hit? No. Okay, so only one of the hits works. Eight damage. Are you kidding me? Gross. Great, you're doing amazing, sweetie. I'm doing such a good job. She's not looking great, so you're at least doing something. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't feel as good, but she is hitting something squishier. Then who is the furthest back in the cave? Humphrey still? Probably Humphrey or Edith. We're going to go Chip. for Humphrey Humphrey here. isn't here. Chip, sorry. Chip is the furthest in the back. Because I don't think Chip moved since then, and I think we said Chip backed up a little bit. So Quit disembody naming him. Yeah. <laughs> Chip, does a 17 hit? It meets it, so yeah. Okay. Rough. As you four are focused on the dragon and Veranda, Chip, you stand ready to fight. And from behind, you receive a bite to the shoulder. There is a little baby dragon that has just bitten you. Aww. I mean, aww. And we should kill the rest of the babies. Before this happens, Edith uses her reaction. When a creature that you can see within 30 feet is attacked, you can use your reaction to add your wisdom modifier bonus to their AC. That would be lovely, except your perception rule meant you did not see this coming. Oh, shit. Ooh. That was shady, bitch. Mm, Isn't it? It does five piercing damage plus three acid damage. Does that mean one Mm. acid damage or two? Uh, One. So four damage total or six damage total? Yes. Uh, And then it's the next baby dragon's turn behind ship. Ah, fuck. Why don't we have big AoE spells? And that was a 19 to hit. It hits. And that's, again, it's 1d10 plus 1d4. So it's 6 piercing damage, and I got a 4, so 2 acid damage. So wait, how much damage total? Another 8. Okay. And then yeah. it's the other baby dragon's turn. There's three of them because you killed one of the eggs. Yeah, maybe we should be Aww. happy that Cleo killed the egg. <laughs> Smash with Emma. Chip, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Okay, little baby Let acid. Let me gather breath. my d8s. Got a 13. Can I make a luck save or luck roll? It's just going to be a fucking. I'm going to use like a luck point to redo that. Okay. I'm going to kill you with the Fuck, baby. save exact roll 13. <laughs> Gross. Oh, uh, okay, so that's 5d8. Oh, buddy. I got. A seven, a one, a one, a four, and a four. So 17 damage. Is it acid? It is acid. So So it's halved. So eight. Look at God. Okay. Yeah. And this is only a 15 foot line, five foot wide. So it does only hit Humphrey. I'm getting nickel and dimed over it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, now you know that there are many more things in initiative order. Oh, are you becoming a mother chip? <laughs> the, the biting, it's supposed to latch comfortably to the nipple, not bite. <laughs> well, we are back at the top of the order, and that is the dragon, unfortunately, who is just stuck right now. Oh. Next. I scoured everything that this dragon can do, and I don't know, I don't think I can get out of it. And the only thing you can do is use disintegrate. Yeah, which the dragon does not have. Or a wish. It is a concentration Why are you spell. trying to help this dragon, Tisha? 
if you hit Tisha, if you had bitten Tisha instead, it might have dropped yeah. that wall. That's true because what? I have to concentrate. Okay, on you know it. what? I guess y'all just want to die. Well, one of the baby dragons heard you, so Cherry no. <laughs> is yelling. That's not how that works. Baby dragons can't hear our inner thoughts. I mean, y'all are kind of saying this out loud, though. We're not okay. Y'all didn't specify. I mean, since I we am... just gonna feed Chris information. <laughs> Well, so since the dragon cannot do anything, we are back to Cherry, who is number two in the order. Okay. Uh, Cherry is just going to yell at uh, Chip, look for my item. Don't kill any of the babies. Just look for a cool weapon. What if it's not or a weapon? Shiny, shiny object. What if it's a wallet? What if it's a wallet? <laughs> I dropped my wallet. Quick, <laughs> ask the babies if they've seen my wallet. It's the soap to keep your shiny, your coat shiny. Um, so Cherry is going to hit again with her placator. Are you going for Veranda or are you helping Chip out? I'm going for Veranda again. Okay. I think she will die. Um, I want to ready my reaction as well. Um, ba ba ba. So I'm going to hit her with the placator. Okay. Does a 22 hit? Yes. Okay. And a 21? Yes, also hits, yes. Nice. So it is 13 plus 13, so 26 damage. What type of damage is that? Slashing. Ah, she's suddenly resistant to that. (laughs) Suddenly? Uh, Fiendish resilience, yes. Fiendish resilience, okay. Yeah, slashing. Okay, she is fiendish resilience. Okay, I'm going to keep note of that. Oh. Damage from magical weapons ignores this resistance. Ha ha. I told on myself. Yes. Okay. Never mind then. Okay. Yeah, 26 damage. Great. Fuck. Perfect. Uh, that's it then? Yeah, and I've already raged. Okay. Chip, you are surrounded by baby dragons. Chip is going to... I imagine this is like any scene from like a 90s movie where a dad had to take care of a bunch of kids at the same time and they're just all over him very very that so we're going to take an interesting approach to this and i'm going to cast fey presence once per short rest as an action you can cause each creature in a 10 foot cube from you to make a wisdom saving throw of 18 oh shit okay make me 3 Wisdom saving throws. 11, 11, and less than 11. Nice. Actually, I think I like these little guys. I'm their new daddy. Hey, why did she go kill that lady for us? She's a big, mean lady. They're all charmed by me. (laughs) Great. All three baby dragons kind of back down a little bit and tilt their head at you. Dragons are really similar to pigeons. (laughs) yes they walk the same too just with four legs you can't tell me i'm wrong you've never seen a dragon okay god damn it (laughs) they're all big pigeons uh is that your turn i'm also going to use my bonus action to second wind and regain some health Mm. so 1d10 plus four no that's a d100 wouldn't that be nice what wouldn't it hello so i got 12 health back okay Nice. I imagine it's one of the dragons licking my wound for me. Oh. Well, Cleo, 
You're up. Great. And um, yeah, I'm just going to let me use my uh, damage on hit. So this is piercing damage. Okay. Oh, because of Zephyr Strike, I have advantage on attacks. Hit, let's try again. That's even fucking lower. Oh my god, I fucking yes, hate yes, you, yes, Peter. Yes, yes. Yeah, There's so I totally missed. But I'm going to use a bonus action. Okay. And I disengage from Veranda Pasterly. And because of Zephyr Strike, until the spell ends, your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. So I'm going to... Book it away from Veranda Pasterly. Okay. And then I am going to cast this spell and um, leaves of green and clouds come and they envelop um, your boy florals in spring. And then after all the leaves and the clouds and we're going to say pink fairy dust is um, Mm. gone you see florals in spring in this cerulean top with a really long, like, emerald green maxi skirt. And he looks just, like, super fucking angelic. And I have casted a guardian of nature. So I get 10 temporary hit points. I have advantage on constitution saving throws. I make dexterity and wisdom-based attacks with advantage. And anything that comes around within 15 feet has difficult terrain. Interesting. Cool. Okay. Oh, but, but I do get two attacks. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> that attack. I'm just missing every fucking thing. Great. So I, I, yeah, I missed again. Okay. Uh, well, you gained some hit points there, which may come in handy because now it is Veranda's turn and she's bloody. She's battered. She's pissed. And she is going to cast, at fifth level, Blight on Cleo. Shit. Necromantic. You know I'm right there with an axe. Again, her I, her whole mindset is him. Did she have Warcaster? Because she'll have disadvantage on the spell if someone's within melee range. You're going to make me hit Cherry. I mean, Cherry's got the most fucking health. Right? She got hit so hard, and she still got, like, 90 health. Yeah. About 90? Okay, hang on. (laughs) Go ahead and write that down. 90-ish-ish-ish. But she should still have disadvantage. Hit me a little. If it's a spell, it's still disadvantage. She second-guessed herself. That's disadvantage. (laughs) Any spell within five feet. (laughs) Uh, then what was the thing I'm supposed to have to not have that happen? Warcaster. Warcaster. Oh, it's and a now he, and now she has Warcaster. Yeah, right. Suddenly, <laughs> it's a feat. It's a feat. Yes. Oh, hang on, I'm not looking at feats. <laughs> I know a couple sites so you could look at feats. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, plug your username. How about it? <laughs> Blue cotton candy feet at Instagram. <laughs> she does have that feat. Oh, look at that. Mm. Oh. How convenient. <laughs> yeah, she also speaks draconic. I found that out from reading this, too. Oh, that, yeah, because of the dragon. Da-da-da. How did you yeah, think? I yeah. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I didn't do the other thing on purpose. <laughs> I was just like, I always choose Grappler for feats. Uh, great, so she can make her attack on Cleo then, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, so we're going to cast Blight at fifth level. Uh, and I know you have advantage on this, but I do need you to make a constitution saving throw. And I'm going to collect my D8s again. Oh, I dropped one. Does a 15 save me? 
No. God damn. The save was 16, unfortunately. So it is 9d8 necrotic damage. Oh, so I can't even fucking heal from it. No, Ooh. you can. That's a, that is something that we thought, but that was wrong. Necrotic oh, okay. damage is only f- permanent if it says it's permanent. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Uh, and this one does not say that. So I'm going to roll my 9, 14, 20, 25, 26, 27, 32 necrotic damage, Cleo. You're a bitch. And when you hit a creature with an attack, you can use this feature to instantly transport the target through the lower planes. At the end of your next turn, the target returns to the space it previously occupied or the nearest unoccupied space. Oh. <laughs> so guess what, Cleo? Bye! Bye, bitch. And when you come back, you're taking 10d10 psychic damage. Oh my god. Do I get to heal myself while I'm in the far, the far off planes? And Veranda dabs. Veranda dabsterdly. No, you get no actions while you're there. You can have an action when you come back after I hurt you with some more. Goddamn. Now, now it's Edith's turn. Well, that kind of changes things a little bit. Mm. How how is Veranda pastorly looking? Hurt. Good. If we okay, question. Yeah. If we kill Veranda Pastorly before the end of her next turn, does Cleo come back? Or does Cleo stay there forever? That's a great question. All right. Well, all right. This is what Edith is going to do. She's going to get closer to Veranda Pastorly. I assume she is within range. She is going to use a bonus action to cast Sanctuary on herself, which I I would ward myself against an attack. So until the spell ends, which is one minute, any creature who targets me with an attack or harmful spell must first make a wisdom saving throw. Um, On a failed save, the creature has to choose a new target or lose the spell or attack. It doesn't save me against AoE spells. If they attack somebody else, the spell ends. Okay. And then she is going to hit Veranda Pastorly with her crook. In the fucking shin. I was going to say, just like bop her on the head and be like, all right. Hit her in the tit. All right. She's going to hit her in the tit. All right there, little missy. You're getting a little bit too big for your britches. You're banishing my my friend to somewhere else you can't take the competition i thought you were supposed to be a nice lady and she just pops her in the tip nice and i imagine the mug says world's or realm's best tit hitter yes realm's best booby cruncher oh i don't like that that'll be available at rollgearroleplay.com <laughs> slash merch store <laughs> That is an 18 to hit. 18 does hit. Or nor. Ooh, and that is 11 damage. That's just one damage too much for Veranda. Oh, no. Yeah. Go ahead, make the kill. Uh, oh, no, I hit her in the boob. 
It flies Death right off it. <laughs> what is, what's going to happen? I hit uh, her in the boob. And Cleo's not even here to watch her death. I know. Will I still take the 10d10 fucking extra damage, or can I just come back now that she's dead? We'll cover that after after Edith does her thing. In the where are they now? We'll cover that. All right. I hit her in the boob, but they're so pointy, like Dolly Parton pointy. It slides up and hits her in the neck and crushes her larynx. I would, Damn. Are you sure? That's, okay. I'm in. She uh, grabs else? at her throat as she falls to the ground. It's a breast of fret there. Uh, reaching out to the spot where Cleo was, Veranda takes her final breath. Cleo comes back into the plane. His body looks drained of moisture and vitality entirely. You will be taking, what did I say, 10d10? I should take less because I wasn't in there for the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I got out for good do... behavior. Uh, you want half of it then? Because I did already roll it. Yeah, I'll I'll take half of I'll take five d ten. Okay, you don't have to listen to him. I'll take five d five. No, so I rolled ten d ten, and you, you I'll let you do half of it since it wasn't at the end of her turn. But you are going to take half the damage. I rolled seventy two. Oh my so you're God. going to take thirty six psychic damage. Literally, I'm at thirty six. Then your body has been drained of moisture and vitality, and Cleo also falls to the ground. You and Veranda are both looking eye to eye as you take your final breaths. That's pretty gay. You shared a moment. (laughs) Will they, won't they? I ain't look at her. I don't look at her. I don't look at her. Fair. (laughs) Veranda is down. You have three baby dragons that are currently under a spell, and a big dragon in a walled uh, area. What would you like to do? Use the dragons as ransom to get this dragon off of you. Uh, well, um, Edith is going to immediately cast Healing Word as a bonus action on Cleo. Okay. Are we still in turn order? Are we in initiative or is that well, out? It's hard to say. You have a dragon that still is very willing to fight you and you have three dragons that are under your spell right now. You know what I mean? I think we're, we're still in initiative. That spell then. only lasts until the end of my next turn. Okay. So... They're going to be our enemies again real quick. So depending on how you guys are looking, make some decisions. After Edith would be the dragon, which is no more. Well, actually, it's the three baby dragons, but they're under a spell. So they're just like pecking away at her dead body or something. <laughs> Whatever Chip asks them to do. I, I asked. I'm going to. Hey, uh, there was a hey, go look for a special item that was hidden. Need your eggs. Ah, Go fetch. One of the dragons perks up and gets real excited and wags its tail and then charges through the small opening that you all have crawled through in the past and goes back to its nest. And then it comes back out, shiny gold medallion in its mouth. Cool. I, I don't think we have time for you to attune to it, but here you go. Am I close by enough? Am I close enough to get it? I mean, it's not really my turn. I guess I just point at her and tell the dragon to go over there. That makes sense. That dragon will run over excitedly and kind of stop and shake its butt a little bit, wag its tail, and then drop a gold medallion in your hand, Cherry. As you look at it, it is a round gold medallion on a fabric lanyard. Uh, Thick, thick fabric, though. And as you turn the medallion over, you see carved into the back the name Benny with a strike through it. Oh. Then 
the name First Person Penny Meets and a strike oh through it. Oh, my God. Then the name Eve, again with a strike <laughs> through it. Then, Cherry, you see your name with a strike through it. And underneath that, you see once again your name, Cherry, but with no strike through it. This is, of course, a Roll Gay Roll Play Olympic gold medal. Great. Of course, with that medal does come a wish. Bitch. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Man, if y'all would have found this, like, four like, months ago. Yeah. I don't know what my story would have been. Yeah, I mean, just story over. Yeah, <laughs> right? We're done. <laughs> Unless Cherry does something dumb. Cherry's 12. Cherry's 12. Why would she do anything dumb? Exactly. Yep. Right. I wish I could live forever. <laughs> and well, lots of bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> this dragon is my new mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Cherry, you've got a gold medallion. If you, Once you place it around your neck, you can feel the power of it. Uh, but is that the end of your turn then, Humphrey, or the dragon's turns? I, I mean, I would imagine it's the end of the dragon's turn. I can't think cool. of anything else. I'm just going to make sure that we're going in order just because there's still potential combat happening. The dragon would have gone next. Again, it's still trapped. So, Cherry, you actually would be up next. And now you got a fun little item. But what would you like to do? Does Cherry know that this has a wish spell in it? Yeah, you will know that once you put it on. Okay. Very big decision all on my own. Okay. So Cherry is going to put on the necklace, and she can feel everything in it. And she is just going to go with her gut. She thinks there's a very simple solution to this. And she's going to say out loud while holding the medal, I wish that Veranda Pasterly had never existed. No. What? What is that going to oh. do? I mean... I'm, you know what? It's uh, your wish, Cherry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cherry, as you're holding the medal and say this, you can see that your name suddenly has a strike going through it, magically etching it in the medal. Your wish has been cast. Veranda Pasturely never existed. You all blink, and suddenly the body of Veranda Pasturely is no longer there. You blink once more. And the four of you are no longer in the cave, no longer with each other. We will find out next week how the story would have gone if Veranda Pasterly never existed on the last episode of Roll Gay Roleplay, Cursed. Until then, I'm Chris the DM. You can find me on all social media at Chris Drinks Lemonade. I'm Tisha. You can find me going before Katie. (laughs) I'm... Brandon, I played Chip, or I'm not really sure what just happened, Mm. and that's where you can find me. Hi, my name is Katie, and you can find me occasionally in the Discord. Hey, I'm Florals in Spring. Um, I think I'm still dead. (laughs) Or am I? (laughs) We'll find out next time on Roll Gay Roleplay. Join us next week for the Where Are They Now? Until then, thank you for joining us this entire season, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye!
an RGRP LLC production. Music by Joe Barsanti.